are listening to the Chomp Cast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp. And remember, you can always go to swordchomp.com where you can access the many places our podcast is available for download. But if you're listening to the show right now, that means you found us. So welcome to the madness that is the Chomp Cast. You can head on over to patreon.com slash swordchomp if you'd like to support us financially. It means the world to us. But either way, we're thankful that you're taking some time out of your life to check out the show. Um, and you know what? Despite being down one host today, we will not have any podcast necrosis. And we will be able to carry out all of our podcast-related biological functions. Wink, wink. And one of those functions is to debate the new loot roguelike Dead Cells. That's right, Dead Cells. And, which have infected all of the jokes in this intro, um, which we are all playing, I believe, on Switch. Um, we have a cure for the autophagy of everyday life. And that is the Chompcast polls as we break down Kiss from a Rose, Banana Peppers, forgiving a game's flaws and why we do it, or if we do. And do our Instagram followers at the at Swordchomp Instagram page approve of the term exfoliate those guts? As a term for uh, the uh, lesser endowed men of the world, <clears throat> uh, we have an impassioned email from a listener about No Man's Sky, so we'll have maybe some closing thoughts on that. And our topic of the show, the topic of the show this week has us discussing the controversial nature of early access video games and whether it's being abused or not to some degree. All that and more on a fully functional podcast uh, all right let's get to some intros here speaking of dead cells autophagy and necrosis our favorite form of conversational necrosis is here anthony fisher joins us how you doing fish <laughs> just how long can you talk just talk like that for the whole intro okay i need you to keep it up um, okay we didn't we didn't have you here last week fish is a bit of a bummer you had some Heavy life shit going on, so you couldn't be here. Um, glad to have you back. Yeah, I died. You died? <laughs> you excited to talk some dead cells this week? <laughs> yeah, I am, actually. <clears throat> I put Josh it about... has already turned away in the web. Look, Josh has already turned yeah. away. He's already in shame. He's already shamed yeah. by your, your very presence, Fish. I, I don't know. I thought I did a pretty good necrosis type of dead person, I guess. Well, I was really going for the idea that you kill the conversations uh, oh. as opposed to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I do that too, yes. Aww. And you, you, you came through like a charm, killing the conversation right from the beginning of the mm-hmm. podcast. That's a fish. It's my job. Yeah, but it, yeah, I've been playing Dead Cells, um, yeah. about three hours of it that I put into it. But uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, actually talking to about some of that game with you. All right. So we have some impressions, among other crazy things, to talk about. Uh, it's going to be a good show. The Filipino Johnny Depp, always happy to have you. Got some questions for you later. Um, but I'm going to scoot on over here to Joshua Fowler, uh, a.k.a. the Space Cowboy from Michigan, joining us this week. Now, Josh, I've been convinced for decades that you are actually completely composed of dead cells, held together only by your distaste for bad video games. Is that true? I can neither confirm nor deny this. Hmm. All right. Well, theory's about as good as I'm going to have then. Hmm. Um, 
the dead one, Joshua Fowler. How are you doing this week, Josh? All right. All right. Yeah. Did you play some Dead Cells too? Are you going to be joining in on the Dead Cell conversation? Yeah, I almost beat it. I didn't realize I almost beat it until I went and looked up just before the show here. How close you were? Yeah, where I was. Just because I hadn't really read up on anything about the game. I was just curious, because I had no idea how far I was. So It's kind of tricky with a game that's a, a roguelike, because it's technically very short, um, but made very difficult, so it's kind of hard to get a sense compared to a traditional game. So, Yeah. Yep, yep. All right, well, that's cool. Um, glad you're here, Josh, among other things. Uh, dealing with just me and Fish today, so that's going to be a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> uh, normally... <laughs> <sighs> Ooh, uh, don't get us turned on already josh it's too early for that i was gonna say i was gonna say normally when me and fish team up together it's not a lot to handle if you get my drift but um in this case we're gonna be quite the headache yeah. right fish all about that qp that's Ooh, right qp 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 what's what's qp uh, quarter if it, what's between the two of you no. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Well. Wow. Quarter P. Yeah. <laughs> That's you, actually Jennifer. <laughs> the way you said QPs made me s- sounded like you might have been slinging some dope back in your days, Josh. Okay. I don't get that well, reference, Fish. You qu- have to elaborate quarter pound, on that. Quarter pounder? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. Quarter pound of marijuana? Yeah. Oh, fish wouldn't know anything about marijuana. The devil's lettuce. Only know about weed. Yeah, like that's, that scene from The Office when <laughs> Dwight shows Creed that that picture of of marijuana, and he's like, "Do you know what this is?" And he's like, "Indigus, uh, cannabis indigus, or whatever he says." And he's like, "No, <laughs> it's marijuana." <laughs> God. Ah. <laughs> uh, um, anyways, glad to have you, Josh. Uh, Fish, of course, I am Morgan here from Montana. I, forgot, I don't know if I said you're from Texas, Fish. I don't know. Who knows? Mm. Um, you're from somewhere. I, I did relocate. Yeah. Plus I, plus, I died, so. It's true. Your location is nebulous, both in this world and the realms beyond. So. There you go. The, the nebulous. The, nebul- <laughs> the nebulous one. You can't find them unless you use a zip code on Tinder. You might. Um, I, of course, am uh, Morgan Barnes, like I said, from Montana, and I'm, you know, I'm excited for this show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Unfortunately, Shay couldn't be with us here today. He's out doing exciting life things, um, so whatever, uh, but we're, we're going to have fun. Uh, hopefully, Shay gets back safely next week. I was going to say, for my intro here, uh, as long the whole Dead Cells theme that I was going with, you know... <laughs> I, I only have one cell in my body that's failing to carry out its functions and it hangs about five inches off my pelvic region. Uh, vaginal necrosis! You know what I'm talking about, Fish? That vaginal necrosis! Just... Mm-hmm. You're awfully generous there. Five inches off your <laughs> pelvis. Jesus. <laughs> Who do you think you are, Ron Jeremy? <laughs> Do you say Jeremy? I think he said Jeremy. So weird. Ron Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy. Yeah, germs. Yeah, you're bringing it back. That's what. Mm. Ron Jeremy is the. 
good. Yeah. He was my favorite <laughs> sub character in Osmosis Jones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was going for. Something like that. Oh God. Just couldn't quite bring it back around. But no, we have a, a fun show today. Um, we are for the topic of the show. We have been arguing quite a lot over the past week, so we thought it'd be worthwhile. But honestly, if you're just checking out the show for the first time, or or you're a familiar listener. I always want to pump the VIP a little bit because one of the cool things we do here, being a Chompcast, and of course we have our social media. If you want to get to know us better or a lot of the inside jokes, you're really digging the show and you want more secret content, we offer that for you at our Patreon page. If you sign up for the $5 tier, patreon.com slash sorechomp, which more and more people have been taking up that tier because it's really cool. We have a top secret VIP Instagram page, and there's a lot of depravity that goes down there. This week there was top secret videos that we made, inside jokes, <laughs> you you know behind the scenes on the making of logos, you name it. I actually have a video I'm gonna get up. Josh uh, Fish sent me himself narrating an otter video that I made for No Man's Sky, but it's Fish narrating it, and he somehow went from like cheesy nature video you'd watch in your school class, and he somehow morphed into Ron Burgundy by the end of it. So um, it's it's gonna be worth listening to. It's real weird. I didn't realize I wanted that. <laughs> There's no way to know that you want that, um, mm-hmm. but you do. So you should check out our VIP page because it'll be there, among other things. And you help support an independent podcast, so it uh, means the world to us. Uh, but yeah, big show today. Let's get right into the topic of the show. You know, I am excited to talk about this. We fought about it throughout the week. We didn't know if we are going to do it as a topic. We put it into Fish's little hands, his frail little hands. And we said, Fish, what do you want to do for the topic of the show? And he said, do this, because I want to hear you and Josh fight about it. So he was the, he was the judge. <laughs> like two people yeah. are in Fish's court, and they've been brutally beating each other in the street for weeks, and they want, you know, truth and justice. And Fish just slams his gavel. <laughs> fight it out for my entertainment, please. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you guys are going so at it Clearly, both of you care about this. Mm-hmm. But all I want to care about... All I do care about, all I ever will care about, is seeing which of you can kill the other. True. Each of you, take one of these pencils. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or like, what is he, breaks the, what's it in the Dark Knight, where he breaks the half of the pool stick, or mm-hmm. whatever you're... Pencils would be pretty rough, though. You imagine being in a room, locked in a room with one individual, and like they were like, you cannot leave this room or see your family again until one person is dead, and all they've left you in the room is a pencil. That would be one of the most violent and bar. At some point, the pencil would just break and it would come down to your hands and fists and stuff, I'm assuming. But still, the barbaric nature of that is uh, mm-hmm. rather unpleasant yeah. to think about. <clears throat> and we're all about pleasant thoughts. So uh, on that note, right. um, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so I think the funny thing about this topic is I care a lot about how little I actually care about it, um, which in terms means early access. We were, the, the thing that kind of started our debate, Josh, is that we were saying, hey, well, early access doesn't really mean much these days. And you're like, well, yeah, it does. It means the developers trying to get funding for a game and, and they're continuing to make it, et cetera, et cetera. And then we started arguing about Fortnite and PUBG and it just spiraled out of control. And here we are. So um, I, I'll give you the opening statement here, Josh. I mean, how do you like when you look at early access and we're going to get some help from the Instagram community as well uh, as we to chime in here in a little bit. But your, I, if I understand you right, your original claim was that you know, early access is a good thing and you believe in it, but it was designed for developers to continue to get funding as they finish the game. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, for the most part, um, it uh, it's really only caught on in a meaningful way with a couple of genres, um, shooters like you mentioned before, um, mm-hmm. mu- multiplayer shooters. That is uh, anything where you're going to need lots of people to do the testing for you. Yeah. Um, for the longest time, they'd have like invite only betas before they came out, and that's kind of slowly changed over the years. Um, to the point where Fortnite had basically a completely open uh, testing phase with their early access stuff over the last, you know, little over a year at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's quite a testing phase, a little over a year. Yeah. Well, for a big game like that, it's kind of a long testing phase. For some of the other games that have been in early access, that's about usual. Um, but anyway, um, so the shooters and then the other kind of, uh, kind of two genres, not I'm thinking about it, but like, uh, roguelikes and survival games, mm-hmm. anything where you're going to be just interacting with systems upon systems that people are just going to need just numbers, just tons of time stuck into the game in order to test everything. Um, it's because of all the different interactions. So. Do you did early access start specifically as a Steam thing? Like Um Because I'm looking at a thing here. I think here. so. I think it I think it I, did cuz I'm looking at in, the... in in the form that it's in. Yes. I mean there have been yeah. you know open betas for years. Um Yeah. And I I guess probably probably the the beginning of this was the whole pre-order and you can join the beta type thing that we saw for several years before at least I think I'm not I'm not 100% sure on the timetable of this but I I'm pretty sure that predated early access I am I am 99% sure of that but um, yeah. but I'm yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure Steam did the first you know paid early access games well, I'm looking at the As Wikipedia, such. and it's kind of nebulous, but basically the, the term is kind of thrown around a lot, and that's what makes it tricky for even games they were mentioning, like Halo 3 and Crackdown I saw on there and stuff. But yeah, so that's the weird thing about the terminology, and I agree with you about the principle of it. I think the reason we started arguing is because of the nature of how it's used. Why do you think, like, when I look at early access for games like Dead Cells that just came out on the Switch we're going to talk about later, that was in development. They were charging, like, I think 20 bucks for it or something, but it was in early access. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then tweak it, finish it, etc. And now you can buy the full game for like 25 bucks. Why do you think bigger companies like uh, Epic would even try early access for something like Fortnite? Where they're obviously they have plenty of money. Uh, well, this, this is where it gets awkward. Like I'm mostly for early access games, but the way Fortnite has been handled is just bizarre. Um, because the whole the business model that they're going with is you can pay for the early access game or pay it for play it for free and then once the game fully releases you just pay it just play it for free like there's there's not going to be a paid option anymore um because the paid portion of Fortnite is the single player 
It's the it's the people not not single player, but the people. The part nobody cares about. <laughs> the part that no. Yeah, one cares it's about. it's bizarre. It's I I don't exactly know why that portion specifically has been sectioned off. It mm-hmm. seems like an odd choice to have that be the part you have to pay for if you want it in early access, or you can just wait a couple of years. Um, yeah, what's your? It's bizarre. It's it's. It is- I I don't understand that at all. So, what do you think, Fish? Why do you think they're doing it? I because it is it is bizarre, and I I have my own theory as well. What what do you think about it? Well, from my understanding, I do have a friend who plays Fortnite, and he did buy the PVE side of Fortnite, uh, which is that cooperative uh, survival type of mode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh. He bought into that, and you, you actually help. get, I believe, V Bucks and certain skins and whatnot. But that's really the only reason he bought in was that he got perks mm-hmm. essentially for, you know, the Battle Royale side of Fortnite. Um, but yeah, for them to, yeah, if they, if they charge, you know, like PUBG originally came out as 30 bucks and that was a pretty nice deal for what it was and um, for the type of gameplay that it was uh, putting out there that was kind of unique at when it first came out, and Fortnite eventually, you know, copied that uh, verbatim as far as the Battle Royale scene goes, but um, yeah, Fortnite had like, charged maybe 20 bucks. I'm not sure if they would be as popular because, you know, so many people can just jump in on a free game, and then all of a sudden they see their friends with, you know, all different types of skins, and they're like, oh, I want those. How do you get those? It's like, oh, you gotta spend real money on this fake currency to buy it. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I mean, it it doesn't really make sense at this point. Maybe they should start charging at this point and say, or maybe they could right now essentially no. get out no. of early access. Well, if well, they say no. they get out of early access, they could potentially start charging. But at this point, well, like, no, they've already said they're not. That's that's the whole thing with it. That it's they've said this over a year ago. At this point, the game will be a free to play game once it releases and they said it was going to be 2018 and insinuated to be early 2018 but at this point that's obviously not happening um no but i mean i i don't understand the business model in the first place um like the way it's caught on it's only the multiplayer that's caught on because only the multiplayer could catch on since the pve side is locked off to I am sure ninety five percent of the player base, at least. Yeah, I'm I'm mm-hmm. sure probably more than that. Probably. Um, but it's it's bizarre. Like the microtransaction thing, it makes perfect sense for what they're going with. It's just, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's the same sort of thing that Team Fortress Two had. You can buy hats, you can buy skins, stuff like that, just cosmetic stuff, just for the fun of it to kind of show off and have a little personality while you're playing this game, just messing around. Yeah. Um, and as many times as I've played that, I have always seen people wandering around with those skins. So people are paying, you know, their microtransactions in order to get those skins and stuff. I, it seems so bizarre. I mean, the, the only other thing, like you are saying, is that it's the PvE is marked off and also half of the leveling tree like because you get tiny cosmetic upgrades as you level just playing Mm -hmm. the game putting time into it 
but half yeah. of those upgrades are locked off if you haven't also bought the PVE mode. Well, and so it's that, yeah. and it, and I think the reason it's so bizarre that you guys are saying it for me, it's it's like a safe way for a developer to sort of avoid criticism because at least for the big ones, like for the people like Dead Cells, it makes sense. The idea in a nutshell is come along with the developer for the ride help it's almost like sort of like the end tier of kickstarter in a way except mm-hmm. you have something to play immediately um and you know going into it it's not done uh and that's fine yeah. so the but the issue there is with a larger company like epic that doesn't need it it seems more cynical it, or look at PUBG. that thing pl- people knew who player unknown was like that thing launched an immediate phenomenon so I think what it is is a response to the criticisms of the world. Because if you think about it, we live in such a world where everyone wants to rip things apart. No one wants to be the next No Man's Sky or something like that. And, and it's, gamers are so finicky that they're almost like saying, they, the game is basically as done as games used to be. But they're just like, eh, you know, let's give it the early access label for a while. And, and it helps us avoid criticism. So I guess it's well, smart. Well, you say that, but nobody's doing that. Like, literally the two games you mentioned are the two games. But they're the two biggest... Well, that's impossible to say because there's so many early access games. Like, uh, don't you remember um, Subnautica? Like, I was playing that. Yeah, it was a small company making that. Yeah, exactly. But there wasn't... I'm just saying the the ones I dipped into that were in early access, some of them were going off of your Steam library in cases. Um, I don't know. They didn't seem like there was a, a huge leap. But the two that we're talking about the most are also two of the biggest. So they're also sort of exploiting it. I mean, you could look at it like Fortnite and PUBG are phenomenons. Like they're, why would a bigger, it's well, just going to get bigger publishers more of a reason to exploit it. That's my worry. Um, but is it really a worry? I don't know. Is it really no, that big of a I, deal? I don't think so because it's not happening and you're complaining about it. So big companies aren't going to do that because they don't want to worry about all the nerds crying out at once and then being silenced. Yeah, well, I mean, they, 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 I don't know if, that's the thing, we're so afraid of, we're so afraid of backlash now, that, uh, that the, the early access has basically become like a shield, uh, a protection label. Um, but what, what our listeners are worried about, and we can, this will probably be a good way to start inter, interjecting stuff in, is, the, is that developers are going to lean on, and this is my biggest fear, is that developers will lean on the, the label of early access in an effort to ship something way earlier than they normally would have because that label is so broad, I guess. Um, so a couple of good comments here, and we can just start responding to them if you guys want, whether you agree or disagree. You're welcome to do that. Uh, let's see. JSZ Yarto says, while the concept of early access is cool as a fan, as a developer, as a fan and a developer, it's a nightmare band-aid. Nightmare in the sense that it's not going to write some of the upper man. It's not going to write some upper management could pull the plug or be like, hey, Minecraft is cool with the kids. We should be more like that when you're already making a JRPG racing game or whatever nonsense it is. And it tends to be a band-aid to cover up bad mistakes and a way for, to avoid deadlines for years. Look at how long games like Minecraft and DayZ stood in early access. Minecraft so, wasn't in early access. As far as I remember. It had an alpha. It had a free alpha for quite some time. Yeah, but alpha, I, th- I think that's the, where it gets blended into the term because alpha is... It, it's he basically gave the, the alpha same. away for free. If it's free, that, that kind of defeats the, the, 
that's the tricky thing, right? If it's free, who cares if it's unfinished? But what about DayZ? You know, I don't really know enough about DayZ, but yeah, he's I don't saying know enough that, about DayZ either. And he's also saying as a developer that can cause, uh, and this person I actually have talked to specifically, they're actually, a, the, they've developed games on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was an interesting perspective. Wolfen22, one of our uh, new VIP supporters, so thank you. Uh, early access to me means work in progress, and I do think that games stay in early access way too long, and that sometimes they use it as an excuse. Your game should be finished after a while, you can't stay in early access forever, and it's not like that game doesn't have support after its release. Um, as for No Man's Sky, they could have avoided a lot of criticism if they would have been labeled it as early access. Uh, but cruise to the team, etc. Which is something Fish says all the time, and it drives me crazy. He's right. It could have avoided a lot of criticism if it was in early access, but I don't think it should have been early access. I don't think that it had to be, um, but that's sort of the world. Every time Fish says that he, No Man's Sky should have been early access, it drives me bonkers, man. It drives me crazy. No, I mean, the game was basically as feature-rich as they said it was going to be, other than the multiplayer bit that was missing. Like, that was, that was the one thing that they didn't have done that they said they were going to have done. Um, I mean, yeah. It, the only other reason it could have been an early access was just the complete bugginess of it whenever it first came out with all the memory leaks and stuff that would just crash the game constantly for like the first couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, so they would, they would have basically been saying, well, we didn't get all the features that we had hoped to get in there, but maybe when people won't get mad if we put an early access label on it. Well, Which is... You can't just put an early access label on it. That's the whole point. They had a release date. The release date came. People had already pre-ordered it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's, no, I agree with that. Yeah. But they're like, they're saying that if they had if that had been in the plan, but they would have had to know way before that thing was going to be dated that they weren't going to be finished. Well, with yeah, that was that was the thing. Like, really, with what they were building, they could have really used way more testing than they were gonna, ever going to be able to get through just standard Q and A. In a couple months of, you know, open beta or something along those lines before it finally went live mm-hmm. would have really helped them out. That didn't, doesn't need, that mean they need an early access phase because obviously they had all the funding they needed to get it done. Um, I just think it's just weird to me because patches back in the day would have done a lot of the things that games do now, like, um, like enhancing, let's say, the, this big patch where you can add bases and do new weather effects and stuff like that. Like, back in the day, that just would have been a nice patch. <laughs> but now it's like it's it's looked at so much differently because of the world we live in. Oh, the game wasn't finished. You know what I mean? Like, well, back in the day, games were very finished. They just kept making them better. And it, like, it's just a weird cycle. Did they? No, they shipped, and then they were as buggy as they'd ever be. Well, I'm yeah. talking about how old are you going back? I'm talking about like once once we had like, like the I live think- updates and. I think the golden age that you're looking fondly on was the period of about six months. Like, that that was not really a thing. I would say a good chunk of the past decade or so. They I'm not talking about bugs like... or charge you for DLC. Oh, like, there were true. not a lot of free big content updates well and it's situation i remember blizzard would give us all sorts of big updates for like diablo and stuff so i don't know i just feel like there was examples of it mm-hmm. um there there was yeah. good dlc well, blizzard and that's is fair. pretty good that way although it's it's odd that wow has continued on the exact same model for as long as it has 
but yeah yeah i kind of feel like they have enough money that they can just keep patching stuff just because diablo is strange to me because they're not really making any money in any continued fashion off diablo but i feel like they're supporting it anyways just because all their other games are doing well enough Mm-hmm. yeah uh, well and actually th- no they th- charge for like two of their ex- big expansions like the last one well yeah was... yeah yeah the major content patches were paid expansions mm-hmm. yeah right okay yeah but but as far as like balancing and like yeah all the individual seasons, little patches yeah. yeah yeah adding items and stuff like that um yeah all that stuff is free um okay yeah. Well, and and the reason I bring that up, and this actually next next comment was um, this this next comment was sort of like a mixture of what me and Josh were saying. Uh, Kilted Gamer says how early access was used originally made sense, and I didn't have an issue with it. It was for smaller developers to continue to get revenue and testing, so they could finish applications or games. However, it's morphed into an easy way for a developer to push out an unfinished or buggy game. There is no reason Epic should use this model. That commenter almost is like an exact yeah. mixture of what me and Joshua are arguing about. My fear versus what he believed early access should be. And I guess that's a tough thing if there's no like guideline for what early access well, is. Well, that's, that's the thing. Steam has very strict guidelines for what it is. Like it has to be in playable alpha or beta form and have a solid plan to be able to release. And part of that's because the first, for the first like, I don't know, half a, month, half a year to a year after it released, mm-hmm. they had issues with it because there were no standards and you could just put basically anything on there. Junk, yeah. Just complete junk. And, you know, obviously none of that ever really caught on because it was complete junk. But, you know, you're just throwing money into a hole. So not, there was never a final product in any of those games' future. Um, so they, yeah. they have very strict guidelines about what they're doing with that. And Fortnite gets around all that because they're not dealing with anyone who has any standards about what early access can mean. On PC, Mm -hmm. you buy the game directly from them, and Mm -hmm. on PSN, I mean, it's essentially a full game on PSN as far as everyone's concerned. They just, you know, in their main menu, put a little thing saying it's early access. And I think that's the biggest area where we disagree, Josh, is that you you look at it and you're just like, well, it's not that big of a deal. There's only two people doing it. I guess my, I wouldn't say it's like a huge fear, but I guess my concern objectively would just be it's a follow the leader kind of business. So if the two biggest companies or the two biggest games are doing it, more people are going to be like, I think they are. I mean, Fortnite did it and has done well with it. Like, I I don't understand why. Just like I, I said before, they it's the the portion of the game they're sectioning off makes absolutely no sense why they're sectioning it off to me. Well, well look at PUBG. What about I mean we focused too much on Fortnite. PUBG was in early access for a year. The only reason they yeah. came out of it was cuz they was were a buggy people... piece of shit when it released. It's still kind of a buggy mm. piece of shit even though it's you know not in early access anymore. They've just, but you know, given up maybe on buggy to fix for it. a month, but the only reason they took it out of early access is cuz they were worried it was going to get let out, left out of game of the year awards. Because it wasn't officially released, and mm-hmm. they dropped it into like December nineteenth, I think, or it was it was late December when they actually made it official. So mm-hmm. then a lot of the like places I follow in podcasts and stuff are like, well, I guess we can include it now in our game of the year. 
So like I felt like they were almost dropping the label out of a a technicality, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Like how long did they really need to be there? Um, uh, let's see. Well, you got well, a couple but, other good things. I don't know. I mean that that's one I think could have stuck around longer, but because they had so much hype, even though they were in early access, they got rid of it, even though the game was still a buggy mess. Like it's the thing was ugly as sin for forever. I think they finally mm-hmm. added graphics patches to it recently ish not super recently at this point but even then it's still just it's kind of a mess i mean it it was made by dollars too that's crazy 30 dollars for early access that's a lot of money in my in my eyes that seems i guess some people look at it as a donation if they like it yeah uh pagetios one said because of the success of some games over the past year that went into playable or early access i think other developers want to capitalize while they are still creating their game. That being said, I feel as though it can really hurt a game's reputation if they drop it into EA. Uh, I'm sorry, if they drop into EA um, early access uh, too early in development. Just look at um, oh yeah, I remember that game, Radical Heights. That was the game that Cliff Pazinski was working on. It was like a a mixture of those sort of games, and then it kind of died out. They dropped way way too early into it and ended up biting them hard in the ass. Plus, I don't like how game mechanics can basically change overnight and ruin a game for me. I thought that was good before an update. So he's basically saying that <laughs> they, they change it so much before it releases that, which is a very unique set of problems. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I mentioned this before with it being in roguelikes and survival games, but generally the people who are going to buy a game early are the ridiculously hardcore fans who would play any sort of shit that happens to be in the genre. So mm-hmm. a lot of the feedback you get is not good because it's from just complete fucking nerds about a specific genre that even mm. though they understand all the inner workings yeah. supposedly doesn't mean they know really much about game design. So you end up with just one type of feedback. One, yeah, exactly. Just yeah. one type of feedback instead of just like a standard release. Um, so you end up with just some really wonky changes because... Because of that, like I've seen a few games do stuff like that. Well, and if you think about it conceptually too, Josh, if you, let's say you release the full game, let's say it was sixty dollars, this was the release, and it came out and it was a little buggy, mm-hmm. and then you just patched it as soon as you could. Like, is that really the end of the world? Like, I, I just like I, I feel like most people would do, most developers would do that out of good faith anyway. You bought our game, there's yeah. some issues, we're gonna fix it as soon as we can. So it's just weird to me that um when the, when a bigger company does it but yeah that's a good point um let's see a lot a lot of people are saying no man's sky could have benefited from the label like god game guy here but we like we said they would have had to basically given up on that release date especially working with sony way way before they would have had to commit to early access which had basically been probably uh that's it's a completely different business decision so i think it's trickier mm-hmm. than just oh it's yeah. not done let's change the yeah name. i think that that was just a whole confluence of mismanagement going on there just with their their contract with sony about this release date happens to happen then and the game obviously wasn't done cooking at that point um or but they were just they were stuck at that point so yes they wanted to make too big of a feast and there was more of an internal pr issue not even a game issue if if there hadn't been any of the things said publicly about what was going to be in that game and we got that package there might have been some people that were disappointed but it wouldn't have been what it was Mm-hmm. Um, the Burning Sage says, I think it makes sense in terms of gaining the finances needed for a game to be fully funded. 
However, I don't understand why PUBG in particular can afford to put so much into the PC and mobile version of the game, but the people who paid money on Xbox for a preview, which is weird, Xbox started this new preview thing, not only have the shittiest version of the game, but we've been waiting for a long time for a complete version of the game. If you have time to make a mobile version of the game, why are the Xbox players still playing the preview version? Preach! That sound, that's actually a good point. Like, why are certain versions of that game getting the shaft? You know what I mean? Even, even when, that's crazy, Josh, think about that. Even when that game was in early access for God knows how long on PC, mm-hmm. when they finally launched on Xbox later, it was still considered early access on Xbox. As if they hadn't had time. It's well, like it's a just, small company. Like, you keep acting like because they made tons of money, they knew what the fuck they were doing. It's a guy who makes mods, who hired himself a couple extra coders so he could make a full game. It was a buggy mess, and just because it became such a ridiculously successful buggy mess doesn't mean they had any clue what they were doing. But if you have more money, wouldn't you hire more employees? Or better? Seems like a logical decision in my eyes. I don't know. That's just the way I look at it. Well, hire them for what? Like, they've already made their money. There's not really anything they're going to gain out of hiring anyone else at this point. I don't know. It just sucks that the people had to wait forever on Xbox and they got a really shitty version of the game. Yeah. I mean, that's why I don't buy early access games. Like, I'm, I'm in favor of it in theory, but like, I don't, I don't play, <laughs> yeah, I don't play games in early access. Yeah. Like, I will occasionally, I, I if a game looks really good, pay for it before it comes out. But then Put I still, on too, like, I've, I paid for Subnautica this last summer. And I still haven't played, played it, even though it, it just came out of early access a couple months ago at this point. I haven't had a chance to play it, but now that mm. it's finally, now that so they say it's a done. Funder. Yeah, you're like, I'm fine with it. Like, I'm fu- like I've done you, Kickstarting. <laughs> this is, like yeah. you said before, it's just the next step in Kickstarting. You think somebody has a good idea, you'll give them money, and generally they'd give you tons of updates, what's going on, what they're working on now. Early access is just them actually letting you play the stuff that's done. Like, it's, it's kind of the I next step I, in that. Well, but that I, and I getting, just, getting the community feedback as well, mm-hmm. being able to play that, I think, is probably more valuable to the company instead of yeah. just, you know, saying, hey, we're working on this, hope you like it, in, in, yeah. in like, a Kickstarter yeah, yeah. fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I, and I, I agree for the indie or the smaller games, I think it's a really cool thing. I really do. I just, I guess my bigger thing is I think that big, and we can disagree on that. That's fine. I think bigger companies will abuse it to avoid criticism. Um, JJ King 700 said, I think it, uh, I think that they'll abuse it to avoid criticism and ship out a product much earlier than maybe they would have under the guise of that. Um, but I think that's also the nature of the industry being brutal. I think that's, I don't think it's completely the developer's fault. I feel like a lot of it is in response to how cynical and how rough it can be. Um, Especially if you get a bad wave of negativity. This is the last one I'll read. There's not much here. It just says JJ King seven hundred said a game shouldn't be in early access for more than a year. I don't know, you think there should be a time limit on Josh? No, not at all. Like that's the whole point of early access. If it isn't finished, there really shouldn't be a time limit. That's kind of the whole point. Um especially for a lot of these smaller companies, for something like Fortnite, when it didn't really need to be there in the first place, the time limit like, that's the only place where you could, you know, seemingly put a timeline in there because obviously they're not trying to make the game. 
They're not trying to finish the game. Fortnite's been finished for months. Yes, they're exactly. They're not trying to finish the game. Like in, because that shows that that label meant mm-hmm. Like most games, most games in early access are really working to actually have a full release. Like actually actively working on it, and they'll tell you months ahead of time. Okay, we're we're close to it. This the game is done. We're just you know, polishing, bug fixing, so we can go live. Stuff mm-hmm. like Dead Cells did that. They had early access on Steam for all that time, and then and then they finally had it ready. At that point, then they, you know, basically said it was, you know, it went gold. It was not really changed an awful lot, and then it got sent out to all the con- all the consoles and stuff, which is why everyone's talking about it now. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think your sounds. Your seems pretty reasonable to me. I mean, if you can get it to a playable state where people can pay it to play it, and a year is enough to get it ready, then that just is scary to me at that point. I mean, really? Maybe you're just maybe you're just getting too ambitious at that point. At some point, it's it's sort of like the creator. I worked with a guy that write music would write music like this, Josh, and it's it's an affliction. At some point, I feel like as a creator, you can get caught in like. It's never done because you can always make it better, and I think that can be a very dangerous mindset to get into. Um, at some point, Not it's okay to finish really. it. It's okay to finish. I mean, like a few big companies do that, but a single guy working on something, it'll take them as long as it takes them. Seems like a lot. More than a year seems like a lot, Josh. Honestly. No, it doesn't. Most games take way more than a year. Well, but most of the games that go into early access are fairly. I would say most of the games that go into early access are what, like 70, 80% there, well, when you say? That's, that's the thing. Like, it depends how far along they are. That's why a year as a strict rule, oh, they only need a year, that makes absolutely no sense. Like, there's well, a wide gulf of how far along games are. I mean, as far as that's concerned, it's been way longer than that for No Man's Sky, if we were going to say, oh, that would have benefited from early access until Next finally came out and had all the features they said they originally wanted in it. Yeah, I think, the, like, well, like we said, me and you like the original version of No Man's Sky just fine. Yeah. And back when we were kids, it would have been No Man's Sky 2. That would have been the difference. It would have been No Man's Sky yeah. 1 and No Man's Sky 2, probably, or something like that. Yeah, or maybe a but, DLC. But I mean, I'm just, as, as a time frame example is what I'm getting at. Yes, yeah. Because that yeah, was way years. more than a year, and that was a... Not huge, but good sized company working on it. Should they have? Yeah, should they have been able they, to knock that out within a year? Well, Atlas Rises patch was pretty big, and that was only one year away. But I, I like the idea that developers can keep adding to their games and and, and adding them to them in good ways. Like yeah. the, the problem well, also I, we get into Josh is a lot do. of games. Ne- most of them do. It's just yeah, it needs to be done. Like well, and some something games are needs to be finished. Games like Dead Cell are, I think, a little easier, right, Josh? Because it's more of a contained idea. Something like a... Maybe like a No Man's Sky. I don't want to keep using that as an example, but I'm thinking of like an ever-changing, growing thing is going to be different um, than, than a contained... So, so it's going to be... You can always change it and make it better, but Dead Cells, there's an idea for what they want to complete. So maybe early access wouldn't have worked for No Man's Sky. I, I just... I don't know if it would have. I don't think it would have. I mean, maybe to avoid criticism, but I think that people are just no. Uh, I, I also it agree. It doesn't. It doesn't. It it wouldn't have helped them. But yeah, there was a yeah. Um, 
Okay. Well, yeah, lots of good comments there. I want to thank everyone, by the way, every Thursday, if you chime in on our Instagram page at Sorechomp. Well, you know, lately we've just been kind of flying through comments and just engaging them in like a conversation, almost as if they're here talking to us. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's like a little grab bag of uh, a fun conversational topic. So speaking of which, that's a nice segue for Dead Cells, a game that has come out of early access. Um, Now, I guess, Josh, I was going to ask you this, but now I already have the answer because you said you don't play early access games. So I'm assuming you didn't touch it until the Switch, right? I'm playing on PC, but yes, I didn't play it until after oh, the full release. Didn't you yell at me a couple weeks ago and said if you could buy a game, you're always going to buy it on the Switch? <laughs> eh, it depends. Most games, yes. This one, I don't. This one, I don't really know why. I got it on PC, probably just because I'm huh. up here more often. Um, but well, actually, you you did the right thing, get it on PC, because I did notice there there is a bit of lag in mm. the Switch version as far as like too much stuff going on in the screen. Your, uh, your oh yeah, yeah. Drop. If you start, okay, yeah, they yeah. have that issue with a few things, like Switch. Switch is fairly powerful, but occasionally, mm-hmm. occasionally you'll get slow down. Um, and oddly enough, it's a lot of the it's it's a lot of the smaller games. Like, like Dead Cells, like you're mentioning, like the original Overcooked, yeah. a lot mm. of stuff that came from Steam, because if they're a smaller yeah. developer, they just don't know how to yeah. optimize for the Switch particularly well. Right. Yeah. It'll probably take a little time to smooth that out. I haven't noticed anything that's really affected my enjoyment of it, though, but I have noticed it. Mm-hmm. But like for me, unless it affects my actual enjoyment of the game, I'm just, like I said last week, macro complaints as opposed to yeah. micro. So, um, mm-hmm. anyways, yeah. uh, yeah, I just wanted to. What? No, Josh? you're just hating fish. You're just a fucking no. hater, is what you are. <laughs> I just wanted yeah. to chalk one up for PC Master yeah. Race for another game. Yeah, I debated this one. This is one that I really didn't really have a strong opinion either way. So. Okay, so you're just like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's been. I'll tell you right now, it's been nice on the Switch because this is the kind of game I'm playing in small doses, like a half an hour at a time, maybe a little bit more, because mm-hmm. it's kind of a difficult, kind of like Into the Breach, like a roguelike. Yeah. And for me, that works really well because you can pick it up in small doses. Um, yeah. So I actually think the portable, and it reminds me a lot of when I was a kid playing Castlevania um, because the game to me is sort of like, I don't like to use the Dark Souls metaphor, but whatever. It's, to me, it's like Castlevania meets uh, some of the elements of Dark Souls. It's just a lot more combat driven than Castlevania, which has always been yeah. a little more Metroidvania. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what, whenever I was a kid, I played all those great Castlevania games on like, Game Boy Advance and DS and stuff. And even when you start the game up, it's like, what kind of food do you, what do you want your food to look like? And you can choose like regular meat, vegan meat, or like Castlevania meat. And I was like, okay, they put it right there. They're hanging their inspirations right, right at the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, even got that feel and look to it. But yeah, so I, it, it's been working great on the, on the Switch for me uh, on the go. So I don't know how are you guys feeling about it in general. Fish, I mean, I'll throw it to you first because me and Josh were kind of going at it in the last segment. Um, while you quietly jerked mm-hmm. off in the corner, so um, yep. what? Uh, how you? How are you corner feeling about Dead? <laughs> the That's where you're recording right now in your closet. So you're safe, mm-hmm. safe place to jerk off. Just like plenty, it's like your child. Plenty of fra- fabrics in this closet to blow my load all over. Oh, you just took it too far. That conversational necrosis <laughs> coming back. No, I've been um, having fun with uh, Dead Cells. It's uh. The combat is really good in that game. Really good. I enjoy that quite a bit. 
Um, and when I first started playing it, and I died, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And then I realized that it was a run-based game, and then I was like, that's when that game started clicking to me at that point. After my first death, I was like, okay, so where's all my shit? Where's my gold? You know, where's my corpse? Where's all my cells? And, um, yeah, once it, once I realized it's a run-based game, that, that that's when I knew, like, okay, the combat's going to be the main focus. Running through these levels is uh, going to be a lot more challenging and everything. And I started noticing, like, in the second level, there's actually doors that close after a certain amount of minutes. Mm-hmm. And those... I haven't been able to get to it, get that good as far as like getting to them, but I'd imagine maybe I have to unlock some like different mutations because this game does have like a. You can get the, there without anything. It's just. Oh, okay. That's it, it, going to take some practice to get there. It's just um, pure speed, just running and yeah, rolling. Yeah, running the, and rolling. The, yeah. the first one is two minutes, then the next one is eight, then 15, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure after that. I, I'm. I can't remember offhand exactly. Well, that's yeah, crazy I, because I, I'd imagine like the eight and then to the fifteen, like that's closer towards you know the yeah. end of the game, right? And uh, the the fifteen is after the first boss. Oh, okay. and then eight is there's there's like three levels before the boss, and then oh. there's it's kind of repeats it goes, the same thing again essentially. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, the 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 crazy thing about it is I tried to play it. It didn't work. I tried to play it like um, Bloodborne when I first started. I would like, yeah. I got to the second area and I was like hoarding up all. The, once I figured out that the the um God, what are they called? The cell, the dead cells. When I when I figured out that the cells were dropping, um, I was like, well, I'm gonna hoard up a bunch of these. I was playing very meticulously. I had like 15 or 20 on me, and I tried to warp back to the first area to deposit them, and you can't. Like, the door is actually closed off. I was like, motherfucker, you can't save them up and go back. So I was like, fuck. And then I ended up dying, and I lost them all. And I was like, oh, shit, this, okay, so that's gonna, I gotta change my strategy now. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, it's interesting, like, that the, yeah, the enemies aren't necessarily that difficult. Like, they usually have one attack, but, like, a lot of times the, you'll get swarmed in certain yeah, areas. Yeah, it's, it's the swarming that's the issue. Like, any mm-hmm. enemy in the game is laughably simple, but the enemies swarm you in this game in ways that are not fun. Because, again, and this, yeah. this, this is my biggest issue with the combat, it feels like they try to take every cue they possibly could from Bloodborne. If you take a hit, you can hit enemies for a few seconds to regain some of that health you just lost. You have a parry that has a nice long cooldown timer after it, which doesn't make any sense because in Bloodborne and the Souls games, it's just the animation. Like, you're you're stuck in an animation until the animation's done, and then you can do whatever else again. You can move again. Whereas in this one, there's not an animation there. It's if you try, if you parry, it's arbitrary. Or, it's arbitrary. If you parry or if you roll, you're locked out of those actions again for like a second. It's not a long yeah. time, but it feels really arbitrary because um, th- those two in particular are mutually exclusive. Like anytime you roll or parry, you'll lock out 
both of those options for a short amount of time. Um, which kind of sucks because parrying feels really good in this game, but with you getting swarmed, your parry will only block one thing and then doesn't give you iframes. Whereas in Bloodborne, while you're parrying, you're immune. Um, mm -hmm. Like you mm, are locked yeah. into it and you're immune while you're, while you're dealing with that one enemy. Whereas in this one, yeah. like I'll parry something and then I'll get hit by eight projectiles because I'll be locked into that parry, not able to roll or dodge or anything, but still can take damage from everything else. Um, it's like they, they kind of understood what was going on in Bloodborne, but not enough to make it feel right. Well, yeah. And they're, maybe because they're an indie developer, maybe that was why their execution of it was that way. But Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, I mean, like, I've almost stopped using shields at this point for that reason. Because you can either parry which is amazing if there's one thing there because you can do damage to them, stun them, and then just wipe them out. But if there's ever more than one thing there, you have to dodge. Like, you, you cannot parry with more than one enemy around you because you'll get just locked down and you'll, you're essentially stun-locking yourself for all yeah. the other enemies to come and kill you. Well, I couldn't beat that first elite enemy until I had a shield. I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong, mm. and then I just stood there with a shield and then all the arrows bounced back at him and killed him. But like before that, I was having a fucking hell of a time, and that it wasn't even necessary. Apparently, I could have gone around. No, I had to beat him actually because he gave me an upgrade mm. um, that allowed me to like tickle things yeah. uh, and climb. But uh, have you beat that guy yet, Fish? Have you beat the first elite? Um, I believe so. I came across something that said elite over it. Um, yeah, elites are just. Uh... Are they random? They're just random through the game. There are a couple named elites that will give you runes that allow oh, okay. you to have... They're basically permanent upgrades that kind of give you... Yeah, that's what it was. They're essentially like getting different color beams in Metroid or something. They just they allow you to go through a different door, more or less, is what all the runes end up essentially doing. Um, I've I've come across some certain, like, runes in the wall where if you mm -hmm. hit them enough like they'll change color and eventually break open and like yeah. you get treasure out of it is, is that the runes that you're talking about no or? those are those are some of them those are just the hidden just stuck in the wall hit them and they break runes but there are different mm -hmm. colored ones i don't know if you've noticed that like those yeah. kind of bluish ones you can just break like the ones you're talking about and then there right. are blue ones or red purple red ones, purple believe. ones i'm pretty sure it's purple and then there are orange ones like the orange ones are breakable floors that you can only break once you have that rune upgrade, and the oh okay the the green one that Morgan's talking about allows you to grow these cell looking things on the ground, basically turn them into Mario vines, and then climb up. Um, and then the purple one allows you to open challenge rooms if you happen to see one of those runes on the floor. Um. Yeah, it's yeah, very this, humbling when I think about how long I've played. Well, I've played a couple hours of it, a good three hours or so, I would say, and I, I'm still, like, I just got to the ramparts. Mm. So, and I'm on a really good run because I have a really good weapon. That's the thing that confused me, though, Josh. I messaged you about this earlier, Josh, but the only thing I'm confused about is you find the blueprints, but I don't, like, for example, you have a really good weapon, you die, and you lose everything, right? Yeah. 
but it says that you've unlocked the blueprint. But I don't know what that means because nobody's like selling it or anything. You get those the same way you get all your other upgrades. You have to use cells to unlock them. Um, you'll find blueprints in the world, and if you make it to the end of the level, they're unlocked in the collector menu. Um, you don't have them yet. You don't have them until you spend cells to unlock them at that point. So the blueprints just allow you to unlock something. Maybe it wasn't a blueprint because I don't see it in there at all. But I did put I did the thing where I put all my points into the um well, start with a you, different ran If you found it and then died, you lose it. So if you didn't make okay, it to the end of the level first, then that could have been what Cause, it is cuz Cuz I have a couple in there like a broadsword and a couple other things, but I don't have the arrow. So maybe I found it but it wasn't a blueprint. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. If you found it and it was a blueprint, then you have to make it to the end of the level in order to even get it added oh, to the collector's menu. Okay, okay. Because so, anything okay. you have when you die, you lose. Like all your cells, any blueprints you found, anything. Like none of that gets saved until you get to that whole between levels zone. When you say but level, are you counting like the little sections? A level. Like, like the A ramparts level. or the... Okay. Anytime you get to the end of one of them, you get to the vendors. And, yes, uh, every time you go back up. to the vendor. So, okay. Yeah, anytime you get to those, that's, that's what happened. stuff is safe. That's what happened. So, okay, well, that's what got me then, because I didn't yeah. get to the end of that, and I must have lost it. Fuck! <laughs> yeah, I've lost a few blueprints that way. Because uh, uh, as you go, you start unlocking more and more blueprints just randomly from drops. Um, and if you don't make it to the end of the level, you just lose them, and you have to find them again. So... Oh, it's brutal. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's a brutal game, yeah. It is. People should know that going in. I mean, it's a really, it's a really cool game. That the, the action is tight. It reminds me a lot of Castlevania meets like a Dead Souls, uh, or Dark Souls, Dead Souls. Oh, I did it. Um, <laughs> Dead Souls. Should but be a it's, new game. I, I like the, the loot aspect of it is right up my alley. Like, this game would have been probably a dream game of mine, like, Six or seven years ago, I used to work for this job, and I had a lot of free time. And they let us bring in like game systems to play in between phone calls. It's like a telemarketer kind of job, but classier. And um, <laughs> and uh, I used to play a lot of loot games to kill time. And this would have been right up my alley because it's just like doing the same thing over and over again, but trying to get loot and grinding. Right? It, it you know the grind is going to wear on people though. It's it's a little it's a little tough starting over at that beginning part eight thousand times, but. You know well, that, uh, that it's a, it's, it's kind of like souls again because you're going to get better at that. Like Fish was talking about those time things. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I've gone through there without getting that first time locked door. Like the first level should take you about 45 seconds once you're well, and you can stop killing stuff, too. Like, I just rolled through the second area without taking a hit in, like, seven seconds. I was just like, boo, 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 boo. I just, you, you can just run. It feels a little dirty, but you can just, like, run through certain areas without killing anyone if you want. Yeah, that, that first area is tiny, and you don't really get a lot of upgrades in it. Like, you, you don't get a lot of cells in that first area because it's the first area, just the way it's tuned. So, like, yeah, there's not really much of a reason to kill anything. In that first area, you, in, unless you see an upgrade or something behind them, um, there's just yeah. not, not much of a reason to kill any of them. 
Yeah, and that's kind of a drag, though, just kind of rolling through or running through an area over and over. Well, that was one nice thing about Into the Breach, if you remember. It's a roguelike, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite games ever that no one played, and it's a tragedy because it would have been great on the Switch. But they let you start... You could, like, when you restarted the game, and you, you actually kept a lot of stuff on your character if you didn't... If they didn't... If you could lose but not die. Anyway, I don't want to mm-hmm. get into that. You can listen to our Into the Breach podcast. But the point was, you could actually tackle the game differently. When you started over, you could go to, like, a different island or and, and like, actually... The whole flow of the game was completely different. Um, yeah. Or d- different enough. Maybe completely different is too much, but I, I didn't really ever feel that level no, of burnout. I, no, I, th- I think it's completely different. Like, there's really not much random going on in Into the Breach. Like, almost nothing. Um, like, everything is random in this game. Like, to a fault, even like, um, almost comically so sometimes. Like the way the way the levels can line up. So one time I was about to die and I was doing really good and I was jumping around these platforms and it was one of those like big swinging spike balls mm-hmm. and I I tried to walk down to the crack but like the way the level was designed it was such a small crack that my character tried to grab the ledge and climb it uh, and I was like no don't do that and he walked yeah, right up into the that, spinning balls. Like, that's that's another thing like. The, the way they handle the platforming in this game, trying like jumping, to jump yeah. down into a hole is the hardest thing in this fucking game. Because he grabs on everything? He grabs on every fucking ledge whether you want him to or not. Like, it's, it's unreal how difficult it is He's to, go, yeah, to go down. Like, just to, to fall through a hole in this game is ridiculously hard. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, I, I think you could change that in the option settings. Or to turn I, I off the I, grabbing? Yeah, I think so. No, they have an option well, how there you... for... No, the, the, what you're thinking of is a smart roll. You can set it up so whenever oh, you roll, yeah. you won't roll off of a platform. Right. Um, That's what I'm thinking of. However, I don't like that turned on because rolling is one of the best ways to get off of something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because otherwise you're you can, going to grab. It, you can roll midair too, mm-hmm. which is yeah. uh, pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean there are some irritations, but in general, it feels pretty good. It feels pretty good. Um, the one thing that threw me off was that I don't know if it was just from when I read about the game that I thought it was going to be more of a part of, but when the game first starts off and there's like that weird thing that drops down and rolls into a dead body and like animates it, and that's you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the whole game was going to be more about like getting inside of things. You know what I mean? I thought there was be more of an element of like getting inside of different creatures and bodies and stuff. Almost like that. Not that there was that weird game where you flew around as a head. Yeah. Uh, what was that called? Headlander. Headlander. Not not quite to that degree, but the game I thought was implying. What's the deal with that? Why is there a blob that's taken over? Is that the only time you ever take over a body? The very beginning. Uh, there's story stuff going on there. Um, I'm I'm sure you found some of them, but uh, there are essentially story rooms kind of hidden throughout all the levels as you go through. Um, which mm. again, for your speed run type things, uh, don't. Anytime you're in those areas, the time pauses. So take your time and read stuff if you want to find out what's going on. Don't there. panic. Yeah. You don't have to don't have to run through there. If you see something that looks interesting, stop and look at it, because um, you're you're not penalized for it. 
but there's well, there's there's somewhat of a story going on there, although it's again feels very souls like like oh but, no, but there's this blight we have but to lighter. stop, and then of course, you know what was that? Oh, I was just saying that it's lighter in the way like for example in in bloodborne, it was very creepy and heavy-handed but in this game there's lots of like little jokes like the character like shrugs his shoulders Ugh. like it's it's a it's a lot more light-hearted but which is kind of weird no, because it's, it's not light-hearted it's it's like edgelord bullshit is what it is like there are so many meme type just just stupid shit that... well, i was just being nicer i was saying well, yeah. light-hearted okay saying sure <laughs> um i i i get what you're saying uh though like, oh, like, when he looks at the pile of dead bodies, like, oh, these look like my bodies, or whatever. Like, well, that kind of stuff? You're not a fan of that? No, I mean, not that so much, but, like, there are a lot of repeated animations and stuff. Like, huh? Um, a lot of times, you'll find out, you know, some big story thing or whatever, and then he'll do the, the stupid... Um, I don't even know what it's from, but it's like from some sitcom intro or whatever, where the guy thumbs up and kind of shakes his head at the while he's sitting there. Hey, yeah. that sort of thing. Oh, he Fonzie. does that. It's he does fun. that all the. F- no, it's not the Fonz. It's um, oh, sorry. I'll have, to, I'll have to find the gif for you. But it's yeah. just yeah, it's the kid the sitting. It's the kid sitting sitting at the computer who kind of turns, does double thigh, double thumbs up, and kind of shakes his head. He does that all well, the time in this game. Um, and, I think it's cute. And then they have, like, <laughs> it. yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's ridiculous. Like, they, anyway. Well, you know, it's a, it's a very, like, modern game in that way. You know, it's, yeah, the theme isn't really, it's not really for me. It's not really, it's just kind of there, but, um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, the only reason I brought it up is because it's weird to me that, like, some parts are humorous, but then, like, one of the loading screens has like a dead body hanging from a like a noose, and I'm like, it's it's like it's kind of a, like it's not even like black comedy either. So it's, it's well, just strange. It's, it's just a very strange tone. Well, it's essentially the world's tone is essentially the the same as Bloodborne, but then the main character is like just some fucking doof who happens to be there during all of that. Yeah. So it's kind it's that some that, weird that's the take then. that's the take is what they're going for like that sort of thing. But the main character doesn't take it seriously. Yes, yes, yeah. Like they just stumbled into something heroic, mm-hmm. and they're kind of like a lovable putz. Yeah, sort of which thing. I'm all for. Like that was kind of. I mean, that's that's essentially Guybrush Threepwood's whole persona. There was, you know, he's not a pirate, but he wants to be really badly. So he sucks at it through all the, you know, Monkey Island games. Um, so I kind of feel like they're going for that, but they didn't manage to do anything lovable with the main character because, you know, maybe it's a, maybe because it was a smaller team, it was just like harder to, like, maybe that was just, I think it was more just because it was, had to be, they had to have too many reactions and stuff like that because there's so many individual little things you can come across for them to have some sort of reaction to. Um. And instead of having like an individual reaction for all of them, you end up with the whole, you know, thumbs up meme for yeah. half I, of them. And then yeah, it's 
Maybe if you yeah. just quiet, quiet characters were always more interesting. Like something weird could be happening around them and they're just kind of there. And mm-hmm. it's like a little more mysterious, you know, but they, like you said, that's not what they were going for. And that's, yeah. that's a clear design choice. Whatever. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, exactly. I do like, I do. Then the random element's cool. I, I dig all the random stuff that drops. I don't think I'm quite as enamored with it as everyone else is, but I do think it is uh, a really cool game. I'm enjoying it in small doses. How about you guys? Yeah, small doses. I mean, I played them both in two chunks of like an hour and 25 minutes or something like that. And yep, it's been perfectly fine. I, I haven't got past the second stage, but um, yeah, the, the random elements, seeing all the different uh, stuff that you'll eventually unlock with the cells, uh, which after like those first initial lock unlocks, which were like eight cells or something, mm-hmm. there's a Big steep costs oh, on the cells dude, afterwards. Yeah. Dude, like I did the fifty-one. Cells. I did the fifty-one this morning. I finished it where you get to start off with any with a random bow. And oh yeah, I haven't tried it yet, but I was really excited oh. about that. I hope it was worth the fifty fucking cells I put because you don't really know. You're like, this sounds cool. I might as well fucking go for it. So. Yeah, that that does sound cool. Like to start out with like mm-hmm. a random like bow or a sword or something like that. That'd be pretty fun to uh, upgrade as far as like. Each run, you get something random, and whether or not you're flowing with that weapon or not, um, you know, is is a unique thing because you know, what they'll they'll offer you weapons throughout the level, but like you have to go out and kind of search for them um, if you're not just trying to run through the level. And um, like a lot of times, like they're usually a slight upgrade or like a sidestep upgrade um it's more about the attack animations at that point if it's like something that's because there's three different uh types of we- uh, weapons there's a green one which and then a purple then red and like red is like all strength type of swords and daggers and and then they mix it up as well as far as like with whips like i think they're they could vary from being the purple uh, class of a weapon and have like a there's like you'll look at the picture of it and there's a slight green on it as well and I don't know exactly how like whenever you're upgrading those skills like do they get like a slight upgrade in both of those trees but um th- th- there there is a bit of uh systems going on in that game which interests me and uh I'd oh like systems to... you know fish likes his systems mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Can you layer enough systems on system? Talk to the uh, top. Talk to uh, the makers of Monster Hunter. You know, a game has the most systems. Fish. What's that? No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky oh, has the most. Yeah, it's Does too it? daunting for me. It's Almost overwhelmingly so. Um, but no, what you're saying, Fish, is actually pretty cool. I found a purple whip today, and I've been leveling up my purple arrow. So now I have two purple weapons, and I have like. I, I just feel really fucking strong right now. So I've, <laughs> the next time I sit down and play that, I had to turn it off because I was like, I want to leave on a good note before the podcast. I don't want to die and be grumpy. I want to be happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it's good to see you're on the right path because purple is kind of the only viable weapon choice, unfortunately. Yeah, I like, I oh, like really? the, well, I like the distance in the game because I'm kind of cautious. I like being able to get things from a distance, so... Well, I was—I don't know. I was thinking more from just from skill wise, because all the all the emplacements, all, all the all the all the permanent type abilities you get 
are all purple. Uh-huh. Purple oh, and sometimes okay. green. Okay. And those are the only good ones. Like red is all grenades oh. and green is just occasionally tacked on to the purple ones. Yeah. And uh well, because green... they're not tuned all that well, like purple purple is kind of your only choice as far as doing any damage. Well, green has a badass mutation on there, which is, like, after you kill, like, it's like a necromancy type of mm-hmm. uh, ability where you steal some health after killing enemies, and I go for that, but it's for green, and I don't use any green. I don't like using the shields. I like using the purple and the red uh, uh, weapons. Uh, so mm-hmm. I still go for that green mutation, though, which is kind of odd as far as, like, you know, like trying to build up your character in a certain way, but I don't know. I, all I've seen as far as green goes, like some weapons will have a sliver of green on them, or it was a shield. So, uh, I is that I'm real? Not... I think you're seeing things. Is that real, Josh, or is he imagining that? Because I've seen, no, I've seen there certain are weapons where they weapons. Yeah, two colored weapons, but not a sliver. It's like they cut it right down the middle of the box. No, it's like if two it's triangles. Right down right? the middle of the box, it means you have the same amount of stats. Oh fuck. Okay, well maybe. See, that's the thing about this game. A lot of the shit is just like kind of nebulous, which I'm. I like. I like. You know, mis- I like obtuse probably more than most people do. But I. Yeah, you can't. Confusing. You can't really wrap your head around this game in three hours, as far as like all the things that are going on in it. So. Yeah, that's true. You'll you'll be confused and you'll be dying a lot, which means mm-hmm. that it might not be for everyone. But I don't know. It's pretty. I'm enjoying it so far. Like I said, in small doses. Yeah, the combat the the combat feels great, and moving your character through the levels also, uh, for the most part, feels pretty good. I'm just hoping there's a moment where it like clicks and I just really start to love it. Because right now, I don't know if you guys feel this way. Um, yeah, me too, Josh. Um, I'm like sweating in my fucking word. Um, mm. Right now, like for me with the game, I l- I really like a lot of it, but there's not one element that I am over the moon about. Like, you know what I mean? I, yeah, I'm I, with you on that. I don't know. I feel like it's it's going to be the combat. That's that's basically what this game is. You're either going to eventually get the combat or not. Um, because the platforming is a little floaty. It's not great compared to a lot of other. Yeah, the double jump feels a little weird to me. It, well, it feels weird, and then you'll also occasionally on items get upgrades to the double jump that'll let you jump again and again, and every time you get one of those, it sucks because your jumps get smaller and smaller and smaller every additional one, so you don't get any extra height from all of them. They just kind of allow you to stay in one spot longer. It's it's bizarre. That's weird. It's like hovering. Huh. Yeah, and I think... I th- think because i've i've seen a few spots where clearly you're supposed to be able to just jump up somewhere and you can't make it so i'm wondering if you'll eventually get a rune that'll make your double jumps higher which will make those items better as well but but i don't know i haven't gotten that so we'll we'll see but okay yeah well we we can bang we can uh, touch up on it a little next week as well um but yeah, I know a lot of people want to hear us talk about Dead Cells. I've had a lot of people message me specifically after I put up that video on the Instagram page. People seem pretty curious about it. So mm-hmm. I think this is game. This game's going to do well. I mean, it feels like something that's very modern in culture. Like you said, from the meme tone, Josh, to the 
the difficult Dark Souls nature of it to the fact that it's on the Switch, I see mm-hmm. this game being doing very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's fine. It's a cool game. It's a pretty cool game. Any game that does uses loot in crazy ways, I am all, I will always give it the benefit of the doubt. Um, some of the fun polls we're gonna run through this week. Uh, every Tuesday at Swordchomp on the Instagram page, you can vote on a poll, silly topics or serious topics, and we break them down on the show, talk about them. Um, we had some pretty interesting ones this week. Josh, first up, I'll do the culinary one because I was very confused about this. A lot of these polls just come from the stupid shit that goes on in my head, and they have to inflict upon you, but um. The first one was something called a banana pepper, uh, pepperoncini if you're nasty. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't really understand the difference between a banana pepper and a pepperoncini that one day I went and bought them. Pepperoncini? Pepperoncini? Pepperoncini. Oh, sounds like that Pokemon, that gray, like, Pikachu-looking <laughs> thing. <laughs> what is that thing called? A scene Um. Anyways. Distractions aside, they are, I was eating a bunch of banana peppers this week, and I was like, god damn, I love banana peppers, they're so good, and I just feel like I forget about that sometimes, like, how good uh, are No, you need to roll that back. You were basically eating those things out of a bowl, Morgan. You were eating those pepperoncinis that you bought, I assume, since you well, both. showed me those. The, the, the big runs come in, like, the Papa John boxes, right? Those are the real ones? What? I have no idea what they put in there. It's like a, it looks stuff. just like it, but it's like not cut up, I guess. It's like a got some little kick oh, to it. Oh, well, if, if you're getting a whole pepper like that, generally yeah. they pickle whole pepperoncinis. Yeah, well, that's because they're super that, thin, right? Yeah, well, because banana peppers are, thinner, are not They're a little bit spicy. harder. Yes. Banana yes, peppers yes. have thicker flesh and are sweeter. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And technically, this is about banana peppers because that's why whenever I order from Domino's, I get extra banana peppers Yeah, and pepperoni. So. Although, if it's from Domino's, those are likely wax peppers. God damn it! What? I'm so confused. Well, it's, you get the idea, though. Come yeah, on. those are cheaper and also, a little bit, as the name implies, waxier. Well, that's why I wanted to pertain to your logic. How do you guys feel about the banana pepper? My poll was is if it's underrated, underappreciated. How do you guys feel about the name? How do you guys feel about the banana pepper? They're pretty good. Pretty good. All right. Olive Garden puts them in their salads, and I love the fuck. I assume they use pepperoncinis, being they do an Italian. Yes. Yeah, they got like restaurant tinge to them and they're very thin yeah mm-hmm. they're good i like them with salads i enjoy them <laughs> with salads mm-hmm. they, yeah they fit great with i did this i actually bought them for so this is the sad thing about how the, the reason that this is inspired a funny story me and my i've been craving them all day and i told my fiance i said please pick them up at the the grocery store so i came downstairs and i'm like hey where are the banana peppers and she goes oh they're in the in the vegetable drawer and that immediately rose a red flag so i opened up the, the vegetable drawer. And it's like a yellow bell pepper. And I'm like, and I, I was in a really bad mood. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? This isn't a fucking banana oh, pepper. No. Yeah, I was a complete asshole. I felt horrible. Because um, I ended up cutting, it was like a yellow bell pepper. I ended up cutting it up with some mm-hmm. like a rotisserie chicken and stuff. And it was really delicious. But yeah. I was so mad. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck a, bell, a banana pepper is. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> hmm. um, the truth is she knew what a peppercini was. But she did not know what a banana pepper 
Mm-hmm. Apparently, neither did I. Um, <laughs> you can usually find banana peppers fresh in produce. Like, if you're going to find actually a banana pepper, that's probably going to be where you find it. Well, and the ones that they're using at, like, most restaurants are going to be pickled. So. Yeah, yeah, you're generally getting pickled peppers in most restaurants just because it's, it's a whole lot easier to use ingredients that aren't going to go bad on you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, 55% of our audience said, yes, they are underappreciated. Very small victory for the banana peppers. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't... 60 for me has to be a good victory. 70 is a really great victory, and 80 is fantastic. 90 you almost never see. Yeah. I told Which you is crazy, considering you won't play anything that got lower than a 70. It's true. But I'm, I'm more lenient and kind to the polls, okay? <laughs> well, there, there's only two options, yes or no, so I have to have some sort of leniency here. Um... <laughs> One of the derogatory things we started doing on our podcast was the term exfoliate those guts, uh, which was a joke that came out of something we talked about a couple weeks ago, um, basically applying, you know, the smaller man when he's trying to really get in there. And my girl, my fiance was trying to tell me that it didn't work. Uh, I got good news, though, guys. 60% of our audience said, yes, exfoliate (laughs) those guts is a good term for when a smaller dude is trying his best. And you know what? Technically, it's 59%, but I'm rounding it up to 60. Woo! We got a victory. So, so Fish, exfoliate those guts, my friend. Thank you. Hmm. Also, I'll be, I'll be using that in my... Uh, uh, <laughs> in your Tinder uh, profile? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you need a nice exfoliating scrub? <laughs> Pelvic scrub. Um... Those lips chapped? Swipe right to visit the home of the explode. <laughs> Sorry, I'm making myself laugh before I get the joke out. <laughs> Swipe on, right Josh, for the home out. of the exfoliating cock. <laughs> it's like a it's like a stop on a road trip that everyone has to pull over mm-hmm. and check out. Not every day you see something. Mm-hmm. Just kinda get out of the station wagon, stretch <laughs> back and then get out your Polaroid and Hey. <laughs> After we stop at the gas station, let's go check out the exploding <laughs> guys are exploding too. Damn it! You fucked me up, Josh. Why are exploding? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually found out the nature of that first joke. Fish digging through in the histories of, like back in the day, we I used to just start off with really random jokes for you, and um, what inspired the micro penis joke was actually uh, a joke from Parks and Recreation. So that was what I put up in the picture where um, Ron Swanson. Uh, his evil ex-wife um, checks out a library book called It's Not the Size of the Boat, Embracing Life for the Micropenis, and checks it out under his name and never returns it. <laughs> so they come after him for this library book that's never been returned, and of course he's like, what's the name of the library book? And <laughs> that's what started it all. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, I was so, curious why I got that title. Um, that's just how it started, and then we just, I guess we just kept rolling with it. That's what we do. Um, all right. The next one is... I went too far. Uh, I don't give a shit what anyone says. Kiss from a Rose is a great song from Seal. Baby, I compare it to a kiss from a rose on the grave. Okay, how about let's all do a verse. 
Let's all take it away. Okay, I'll do it first. I'll throw the fish, then the Josh for the. Okay, each do a line. Baby, I'll compare you to a kiss from a rose on the gray. With the light in your eyes. No. My penis in your mouth. Hmm. Baby. Huh. <laughs> Alright, Josh, finish it up. I've never heard it. You've never No, that's not Why true. would I waste my time listening to SEAL songs? It was the Batman it, Forever so- it, song. It's the best really? Batman? Song. Yeah. The best song ever. Mm. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That music video sucked too. Did it no justice for how awesome that song was. At the time? Was, at the time you thought it sucked even as a kid? The song? No. The song is badass. No, the, the music video. video. I did not like. Even when you were a kid. Even when I was a kid, yeah. You're in drugs. It's a great video. Mr. Freeze? That's the wrong movie, motherfucker. Okay. Batman and Robin. I think that's right. I'm sorry. All right, I'm going to... I'm misremembering something here. Yeah, you... I wonder. Was there a... Maybe there was a song for Batman and Robin that you hated instead. That was the one... With... Well, remember the old shitty Batman movies? So this was the one with the Riddler and Two-Face. You're talking about the one with Mr. Freeze. And Poison Ivy, but I don't know if that had, like, a song of any kind, so. Yeah, I don't know. I could have sworn Mr. Freeze was there with Two-Face and the Riddler. You you were the conversational necrosis that I loved. I hated those Batmans as a kid. I wanted... What? Even as a kid? I wanted um, that first Batman. What was it called? Or who was in it? Guy from Beetlejuice. Michael Keaton. I'm not going to help you. No, don't help yes. him, damn it. Michael Keaton, yes. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. my Batman. That is my fucking Batman. I, fuck all the other Batmans. Well, Christian Bell, actually. I would, well, yeah, Val Kilmer was not a great Batman. You know what, though? Nicole Kidman in that movie. Woo! Woo! Mm. Yeah. That was like, I think yeah. that was the first time as a kid I actually experienced any sort of tingling in my loins, and I was like, what is daddy? What's going on? What's this? And then she had those like soft dad. red. Dad, check soft... my loins. What's this? She has... Remember when she grabbed Batman's nipples? Remember that when she grabbed Batman's like nipple plate with her soft like oh, red yeah. nails? And she's like, oh, you're so strong. It was so bad. I mean, it's a horrible movie, but. um, Yeah, she didn't have cat claws in that movie either she had like weird nails of some sort whenever she actually became Catwoman didn't she no Catwoman what the fuck <laughs> god damn <laughs> what 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 she was Poison Ivy oh no no that's wrong god damn it okay. I'm trying to make the joke worse here Morgan oh okay, okay. sorry sorry it was oh, a okay. penguin it was a penguin <laughs> three claws can grab it Batman's uh... boob I think the problem for you, Fish, was that they were all just a blur. Just grabs them. It was like one, they one are big bro. movie. Now, Nicole Kidman was just the love interest. Um, Catwoman was Batman Returns with the Penguin. Okay. All right. Well, now you've got your shitty Batman film knowledge. Somebody out there listening is going to appreciate that because there are a lot of Batman fans. I will forgive rough edges or flaws if the game is attempting to be more ambitious. 79%. So let's just round that up. For now on, if I get any nines, I'm rounding that shit up for Chomp Nation. 79% of the audience said yes. I will forgive a game 
of its flaws if it's trying to be ambitious. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, yeah, I would. Because not many games out there would try and do something, you know, that's new and as far as, like, gameplay goes. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely give them more, more, more credit due to them taking that chance of trying something new that's exciting to them and trying to give it out to the players to experience. Um, even if it doesn't turn out that well as far as like what they envisioned it for but um i mean there's so many games out there that just you know copy off each other and like those games even have like flaws to them so like they they don't they stick out all they don't stick out as much to me i would say like you know the yearly games that always come out like they're never trying Anything that's, you know, above the norm of what those games are made, uh, how they make those games, and it's just upsetting. But, but will you, you know? but will you, will you, Fisher, if you're playing a game, because you're generally, I feel, pretty critical, frustratingly so sometimes, will you be more forgiving to a game if it's trying to be more ambitious? Mm, yes, I would. I'm trying to think of a game that was overly ambitious that I've played recently. That was very flawed in your eyes. Mm. Go back a little bit. What about... Because your, your top five lists every year are pretty safe. They are, yeah. Yeah, I, I usually do. Open your mind. Fish would have voted no. Just say it. You would have voted no. I'm just kidding. I'm just fucking with you. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Something to think about. Mm. What about The Witness? Um, That game was heavily just strictly puzzles, but... And if you're not good at puzzles, you know, like, that's something that... It's not really a flaw. That's not a flaw. It's, it's just not a flaw, puzzles. yes, but... Like, Josh, help him out. He's dying here. Help him. Throw him a life raft. I'm floundering. I have no That's idea what we're talking about since I was just going to check the email. Okay, I had Josh grab the emails. Um, 80% of our audience said yes, they will forgive a game that is flawed if it's more ambitious. What's an ambitious game, Josh, that you love that's very flawed but you don't care or you're more willing to forgive those flaws? Is there one you can think of or are you a no to this? No, yeah, it's it's... I mean, the first one offhand is Mirror's Edge, the original, which was trying something completely new. Had a lot of issues with it. The gunplay didn't even need to be in the game, but was still great. Whereas, I don't remember the fucking surname they gave it, the subtitle, whatever it was, but the the recent Mirror's Edge, which was just the most safe, generic open world type garbage that just came out was also very flawed and I'm not going to overlook that crap because they took something completely unique and tried to just make it the most generic pile of shit ever and I wasn't going to overlook any of its flaws at that point so okay um, I think that's, that's a good example that's a good example knowing you 
And I, I'd like to think that most people will, and it was cool to see that because at the end of the day, you, you want to be more forgiving of a game that's trying to be more ambitious. So, Yeah. Scary sometimes. Um, so yeah, it's cool. Thanks for voting, everyone. By the way, every Tuesday you can vote at Swordchomp, and we will discuss the polls uh, to varying degrees. And that's a good segue to a game that a lot of people think is flawed that I love deeply called No Man's Sky. I want to wrap up our closing thoughts here in just a couple minutes. We had an impassioned email. I can't read the whole thing, but it's from um, our good friend Red Blue Blur. They are a new VIP Patreon supporter for us. Um, so thank you so much for that. Uh, big No Man's Sky fan. They've been enjoying all of our No Man's Sky coverage, and they basically sent us a very long email that said, you know, thank you for everything you do but I would love to hear a No Man's Sky only podcast. Now, this was a lengthy email. I, uh, I can't read the whole thing, but we obviously we all read it, and we really appreciate you taking time to email the show. But here's what I'm going to do for you. Josh and Shay would probably cut off my balls if we ever wanted to do a No Man's Sky only podcast. You can always follow me on Instagram. I have No Man's Sky shit up every day. That's where, my, that's where I'm going to get it all out of my system, okay? Um, so you can follow me there if you want to get more No Man's Sky content. But that's not really what we do here anymore. We don't really dedicate an entire episode to specific games like that uh, as much as I would love to. But here's what I will do. I can turn this into a comedy bit for our listener, okay? I'm going to try and condense an hour-long podcast about No Man's Sky into 30 seconds, okay? Um, so do you have a timer, Fish? Can you pull out a timer on your phone? We're going to pull this into, we're going to turn this into a bit. Is that a yes? I see him. <laughs> Respond. Sorry. Sorry, I was muted there. This uh, this is an audio show, Fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shoot. Okay. Let's see. Pull out the clock here. Yeah, pull out the clock. Get the clock. Stopwatch. All right. Stoppy watchy. Okay. I got it. Set. All I'll right. even let you see it. I'm going to splurt this out. <clears throat> and you ready? All right. Now, Three. you got to loudly interrupt me, okay? Okay. When it hits 30 seconds. Three, two, one. Okay, so the thing I love about No Man's Sky, it randomizes my dreams. Things in my head that I did not even know were there. And I love engaging with all the systems in the game that even feel ridiculous. Like, I spent an hour clicking on ships, shopping for the perfect ship. The game didn't tell me to do that, but I wanted to do it because I love that that system's in there. I love systems. Talking to every little alien at every port just because I want to get the get directions task so I can go find something in Never the Galaxy. And the music's in the music and the visuals still get me rock hard to this day. It was such an honor to do that interview with Paul Weir. I feel like you should check that out. It's called In the Blood. It's a podcast. Ah, shut up! What? No way! Done! That was, done! That, that was not wow. 30 seconds. Wow. Fuck. All you did was cream over the ships and the music. I, did, I didn't even get halfway there. <laughs> to be honest, if we gave him an hour, he would have just done that for the rest yeah. of the hour. Yeah. Okay, 30. Uh, okay, well. Up here, <laughs> there's no way that was 30 seconds. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, that was 30 seconds. Is there, I feel like you guys set it to 10 seconds and you're just fucking <laughs> no. Um, okay, final in, in all seriousness, uh, some of my final thoughts here for the listener that uh emailed in. Here's my main criticism of the game because some people I know they want my I try to have interesting takes on things, and my main criticism of the game I would say is just. There was this, there's a show called Silicon Valley, which I highly recommend people check out if they're ever bored. It's a great show. But one of the things that they ran into 
It was about a group of developers in Silicon Valley that were creating this app called Pied Piper. And they were all really nerdy engineers, and it was an incredible thing that they developed. But the problem that they found when they went to launch into beta or whatever it was is that the interface they created for it was really not user-friendly and difficult to use because it looked like it was created by engineers. And when they showed it to their other engineer friends, they all loved it. But when they gave it to the public, it was very like obtuse and confusing, even though the actual technology that they had created was incredible. Now, my parallel there is that No Man's Sky at times is very obtuse and weird, and it can be frustrating for people. Like I was telling Josh this week, I tried to buy a hyperdrive, and it literally looked like you could scroll down in the menu, but you can't. You actually have to buy the other parts in the menu to open up the other parts of the hyperdrive that I couldn't even look at. I didn't even know they were there. Yeah, I'm um, still not sure if that's intended. I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've thought about that several times, and I, I'm not sure. Because you can make a case that it's they want you to buy the other things first, but even you, if that you were... You could, but if that were the case, you'd think the interface would make it seem that way. In yeah, why does it look fashion. like you can scroll down? Doesn't it look like you can scroll down? It looks like there's a little button that, that well, looks like you... I mean, that's the thing. Like, on every other thing where you can scroll, it has, uh, it, you don't really scroll. You have, like, next page sort of a deal. And on every other one, like, yeah, it, it looks like you're supposed to be able to scroll, and then you can't. So It's weird. Yeah, it's, it's, there, there's just things about the game that feel a little bit obtuse in a way that they're not a huge deal for me and that's probably why i love the game so much but if i'm looking at it like a macro criticism Mm. these are they they these brilliant like almost mathematicians in a way that designed this brilliant code and this algorithm that created um anything unlike i've ever seen in video games but the downside to that especially being a small team is that the game feels like from some of the menus and the systems it feels like it was created almost by engineers and instead of something that was now you might like that if you like things that are a little rough, but it doesn't feel like it was play tested for hours and hours like God of War or something like that, and they've smoothed out a lot of the edges. It feels that's that's my comparison. It feels like a brilliant math mind maybe wasn't so good at like interface and and some of the menus and things like that. I, I, that's that's my macro criticism of, of the game. Yeah, I mean that's possible. That is possible. Because just moving items around in that game is strange. Like it's a theory. I can't prove it, Josh. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just. It's just a, a theory that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing it's a small team and what they are good at. You know, obviously there's a great art direction and stuff like that. But in general, yeah. it's all about the algorithm, right? So. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the greatest math minds in our world are not so great at other things. It's a possibility. Throwing out. Um, anyways, yeah, I'm still playing it. It's going to be tough because I won't be able to talk about it anymore, but I'm still playing it every night. Um, it's actually giving me anxiety because I just get lost taking pictures for hours and hours at a time. And, um, I could talk about this game forever. I thought I was going to get through my whole list, but I don't. So here's a funny way I can end the whole thing. All right. Are you ready for this? The sense of scale in this game is, I thought I was going to get to this during the thing, but I didn't. The sense of scale in this game is still unmatched by any game I've ever played. As my ship sits next, ne- as my ship sits next to a planet, a giant planet, a tiny little ship, like a speck, a small sperm next to a giant egg, I am in awe. And with my mouth open in awe, No Man's Sky continues to unload the money shot 
right into my mouth. That was my closing line. Hope you guys appreciated that. Um, but thank you, Red Blue Blur. blur for, you know, like a sperm, an egg, and a planet ship. Yeah. Bingo. And then all of a sudden, the metaphor switched around. And now the sperm was a mouth. And somehow the planet was... Yeah. No, no, the sperm... It... Your metaphor game was on point. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so thank you, Red Blue Blur, for the email. Like I said, you can follow my Instagram, at General Mountain Time, if you want more shit. Because I'm not... I've, I'm not allowed to talk about it anymore on the podcast. Um, but I will be ready to fight motherfuckers at the end of the year. Hopefully, Fish had some terrible shit happen about to him. what? This game didn't come out know. this year. Uh, no Man's Sky Next was a... No, it, that wasn't a new game. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Morgan's going to try and sneak it into game of the year. I didn't even say Fucking that. Fucking content saying. patch shows up for an old game. No. If you go to buy No Man's Sky next for Xbox One, it was released this year. Okay. Skyrim just came out again on, I'm sure, something new. Skyrim needs yeah. to be on our game With of the no year. With no new content, it's the same game as before. And? Skyrim on my refrigerator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. Skyrim on my refrigerator could be a game of the year candidate. You, you never know. <laughs> All possibilities must be open. What it, no, we'll do the Skyrim in for Alexa. The Alexa Skyrim will be a, mm-hmm. a dark horse contender for a game of the year. Maybe not. I mean, I, as you know, as a principal, I might not. I'm just saying. Uh, but Fish had went through some... Not just out uh, of principle. We're not sitting through it, so... No. <laughs> um... Fish went through some some life stuff that's heavy that we can't talk about on the podcast, but uh, just when I thought the gods were with me, me and Fish were enjoying it together, we were creaming as one, then he lost everything, and now I'm creaming alone again, so the gods of the universe hate me, and uh, yeah, but <clears throat> Fish is looking to buy a new PC, gaming PC, so hopefully we can cream again down the road, maybe. Um, PC master race nonsense. I can't talk him out of it. So, yeah. Well, a PC. My laptop is dying. It's old. I think it's time that I finally get a nice PC to start playing. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, a certain someone's uh, Steam playlist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, once I pay off everything that's broken this summer, maybe I'll help you out with that because. Morgan got the last mm. couple of graphics cards, so it, ah. it might be about time for me to upgrade a graphics card and save you the money on that, because the one I have is still just fine, but... We get Josh's left... We get Josh's sloppy seconds. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> the graphics card I have is still way stronger than, you know, even the new, you know, .5 systems that just came out, so... Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, need to and, upgrade mine at all, but if you give me an excuse, I'll <laughs> I'll say that I need a new one, so you can have uh, a hand okay. me down. <laughs> I guess I'll uh, I'll start building a PC here, start pricing some stuff out. Mm-hmm. Well, we will see. That'll be in the future storyline building on future Chompcasts. Um, we want to thank everyone obviously for their love and support. We'll wrap this up. My show timer says we're right at two hours, but probably a little bit less than that because when I started recording. Um, uh, just for the, you know, the normal close here, 
Of course, we have our side podcast. If you want to check those out, In the Blood and Evoking the Sublime um, for interviews as we um, spread out our sword chomp tendrils into new and exciting things. Um, our Patreon, as I mentioned before, patreon.com slash sword chomp. For everyone that supports us, it means the world. Um, you're helping us grow day by day, pay off our bills, and maybe do something special down the road. So thank you so much. Tell a friend. One person could, could mean the difference if every subscriber we had told one person about this uh, crazy, depraved podcast they love. And um, we have a lot of exciting plans coming up as the summer ends. We're getting into the fall of video games. I have some great polls coming up next week so we can talk about the new Red Dead Redemption trailer and Doom and all that stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. But until then, let's wrap up the show. From everyone here at Sword Chomp, thank you, Josh. Thank you, Fish. And we will see you next week. <laughs>